Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com slash news. Tonight on Trend Chat, talk a little bit about the NRA and also Miss North Carolina International will be with us. Stick around. chat i'm your host brian bledsoe we definitely appreciate you listening in and if you want to connect with us on social media whether it's facebook instagram or twitter it's all the same name trend chat 24 7 and like i said earlier uh we're gonna talk about the i guess my upcoming trip to the nra annual meetings um this weekend and we're going to talk to Miss North Carolina International, Anna Scott Marsh. And she's going to talk about her uh, platform as far as standing up to sexual assault and just um, also being a Republican in, I guess, in the beauty pageant world. And definitely hope y'all will uh, enjoy that interview. And first off, I just, like I said, um, I'm actually, we're broadcasting right now from Virginia, uh, Harrisonburg, close to at least. And we are on our way to Atlanta. Should get there probably on Thursday and be there Friday and Saturday. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be a, to take part in covering the annual meetings for Politichicks and before I go on, speaking of politics, a new book is out 
Politics, a clarion call to political activism, which is available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. So, and one of my articles is featured in that book and definitely would appreciate if y'all will pick that up sometime. Well, we might be doing something as far as with politics is on here and maybe do something as far as, I don't know, maybe do some sort of sweepstakes or something. Maybe I, I'm, I'm just thinking out, out loud actually, but um, might do something like that in the, in the next month or so. But like I said, I'm definitely looking forward to covering this, um, the NRA convention and I'm, I'm already doing a little research on the people who I plan to interview and just set, set up just uh, general NRA questions, I guess, um, to people that I may, I guess I may interview that I don't know I'm going to interview. So I just kind of have some general questions ready. And it's funny, when I, I was at CPAC, I thought I may, I might get like maybe 30 minutes um, to do a couple of shows then turn to find out I had so many so many interviews that uh, I had to do five days that week of CPAC interviews which I don't know the same thing might happen this time I, you know, we'll just see as far as when it comes to um, who I run across I wouldn't be surprised if I have a lot more interviews than I, than I think I'm going to have because one this is my first NRA uh, convention though going out especially being out on the exhibit hall and if i remember the advertisement talking about they having like 15 acres of guns <laughs> and um that's yeah and also because of of the article that i am planning to write well i can say i plan to write i'm already written um at least a good fourth of it now and it's something i've been actually wanting to do since i found out that the next annual meetings were going to be in Atlanta and I already had an idea as far as what I wanted to write so I'm definitely looking forward for that actually just found out today that um I mean I I guess I'll give want to get too detailed in this but I already received uh, media credentials for the annual meetings but I found out that there is a separate credential for when President Trump speaks at the leadership forum, which you have to apply for as well. And I applied for that and I just found out today that I was approved for that. So I will be in the media area. Also, along with actually um, my parents will will be with me during the um, whole time, at least on, on Friday, both will be and then just my dad on Saturday and they'll be with me. So I guess they'll be in the in the media area now. Um, if I haven't talked to them before they hear this podcast, they, they're finding out right now that, about that part, at least. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be in the media area for President Trump's speech. And like I said, we'll definitely be in the exhibit hall. I'm not really I'm not planning too many interviews like at the, um at CPAC. I was planning interviews. Cause I wanted a lot of interviews. So I was really just seeking people to talk to. In this case, it's more about um, this article that I'm writing, which is centered around the annual meetings. But 
it's also part of an article that I'm doing as well. So, and I'll talk more about the article probably on, on Thursday, but, um, and you know, it's, um, I was just thinking that it's going to be, like I said, given that this is my first time going to, uh, with the NRE annual meetings. I mean, I've been to gun shows before, but I haven't been to something like this. I mean, I'm guessing given the size of this, it feels like this might be like, the, might be the largest gun show in the world. I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe not, but it definitely, I'm just thinking of 15 acres of guns in one place. I mean, that's, it, it sounds like it should be the biggest one. And I, I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, I, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm pretty sure I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pay a lot. I, I just have a feeling it's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of things there that catch my eye that I'm wearing like, okay, I got to get that or something like that. And <laughs> I'm planning to spend something there just because I, I mean, I already have, I have a list <laughs> written out as far as what I, I'm looking to find there. I don't know what I'll see, but um, I have a couple of items that I'm thinking about getting if I find the right one or something like that. So, yep. So like I said, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then um, actually, going back to what I was saying about politics they're they're still on their book tour right now uh the next time I think will be in North Carolina on May 3rd in Charlotte and a couple of dates in Merrill Beach South Carolina and um I'm look I'm actually thinking about joining joining them on one of the one or two of the dates I'm guessing yeah, it just kind of depends on if I can make my route over there or not. But they also is going to be they're going to be in um at the Heritage Foundation with the um with the Clear Booth uh Policy Initiative uh, Institute. I think I probably messed that up. But they're going to be at the Heritage Foundation on May 25th and I'm I'm definitely thinking about being up there for that. So I'm probably going to post, well, I know I'm going to post about it in a couple of days, some more um, information as far as that, if anyone is interested in going to that. So, so I want to get to um, our interview with Miss North Carolina International. And this was recorded a couple of days ago, and I definitely appreciate her um, coming on and just giving her time to speak to us for a couple of minutes. And here's our interview with Anna Scott Marsh. And hello, this is Trenchette. This is your host, Brian Bledsoe. And this podcast is definitely getting a lot more prettier, smarter, and classier now that we have Miss North Carolina International, Anna Scott Marsh, with us. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes. And, um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself and and the path that you have taken to become Miss North Carolina International. Yeah, so I actually decided to compete for Miss North Carolina International about two weeks before it started. And um, if you know anything about the international system, it's very platform-based. So um, as a competitor, you need to build a platform 
for something you feel very strongly on. And so something I feel very strongly on is sexual assault. So my platform is Stand Up to Sexual Assault, uh, which focuses on providing free anonymous counseling to victims and then also providing self-defense classes for victims too, whether that be um, self-defense with your own hands, your own body, or self-defense um, with guns. And that's something I would really want to incorporate is providing gun education for women who want to protect themselves but may not have the resources to educate them and to learn how to handle guns um, on their own. And so something else I feel really strongly about um, with my policy background is providing longer or lobbying for longer moments and things for the perpetrators to get them behind bars and make an example out of them. So that's something I'm going to spend my next year as Ms. North Carolina focusing on um, within my state. And then also I'll compete for Miss International in August. And hopefully that's something I can take to the international level too. Okay. So uh, uh, are you still involved with uh, Turning Point? I am not. I decided to part ways about over a year ago. Okay. Well, I was just mentioning that because that's actually how we met was you were um, uh, doing, I guess, tabling with, with them in uh, well, South Carolina, yeah. actually. Yeah, I was the um, South Carolina field director for the whole city um, for about a year. Okay. So, well, I guess when it comes to – I mean, I I don't know anything about pageants other than just seeing you know the res <laughs> the end results at the when they say who's the winner is. So, uh, yeah. and, you, and you said you started like two weeks before it even started, correct? Right. So, so um, I actually competed for Miss North Carolina USA. There's several different pageant systems. It's so I did USA in the fall, and um, that was something I decided to do. I had a really bad head injury um, about two years ago, and so I decided that I was going to do something for myself over the summer, so that's what I kind of did. I prepared for that. Um, I did compete, and obviously did not win, but, um, so I just I got the pageant inked about a month ago and decided two weeks before the pageant to compete, and I won, and it was shocking. Um, there's actually some really funny pictures. When they did call my name, and it was, it was just pure, absolute shock. I did not expect to win at all, um, but I'm very thankful that I did. Okay. Well, I I was just wondering because I know when um you, you hear a bunch of stories as far as how much uh, it, it goes into, I guess, I guess, like, doing different competitions. So did you have to do, like, well, what, did, like, talent stuff or what? Or, Stuff like that. Thankfully not. I'm not I'm not very talented when it comes to music or dancing, which is a lot of things that pageant girls will do. But the way this competition was set up is that forty percent is interviews. So we get there and then Friday morning we spend um time with the judges and interviews and then Saturday was an actual pageant. So we competed in fitness wear, um, evening gown and then fun fashion wear. And then we also had an on stage question which was Put, put back into our total interview score. So I actually won the interview um, part. And so if you win an interview part, you pretty much win the whole thing um, because it's such a heavily weighted um, section of the scoring, thankfully. Okay. Now, as a Republican, um, is, I guess, were there any, I guess, um, I guess, bad looks or people being, I guess, I don't know, being mean in, in, in general, basically, because of your views. Yeah, so, um, you know, the pageant system is a really bad rep for girls being mean. But to be honest, it's like you you stand out if you're not nice to other girls. Like, you're, you're odd 
you're the odd one out if you're not being super nice to everybody. And um, luckily, coming into the before, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on me because normally the pageant systems announce the girls competing, you know, a month or two in advance. And so you have the time to look at people's social, me- social media and see what they're saying, see what kind of pictures they post and things that they follow, and judge them based on their social media prior to meeting them to kind of see what the competition is. But I was only in that two weeks before the pageant started when I decided. And, um, you know, I wasn't – I didn't really accept any requests from people. And I keep my social media pretty private. Um, and I kept it private during um, when I decided to compete because I didn't want the judges to look at my things and judge me before based on um, being a conservative female um, in the pageant. But, you know, I did get – there was the one girl that competed with me that pulled me aside, and she was like, you know, I I knew we're gonna get along really well coming into this because we were both Republican. She's like, I love that you're you're so outspoken and you're so conservative. But you know, it's definitely something that she she whispered to me. It wasn't something that she said out loud to where other people could hear. You know, because it is easy to be judged on that. And this day and time, especially as um, females that were outspoken, both of us about supporting Trump. You know, that's not something that people take too kindly to, especially I think in that world, in a world that's so dominated by women too. Um, because I do think it's important. Oh, I, was, I know. I was just thinking. So it's kind of like you know, she kind of like pulled you off to the side, with like kind of went into a closet or something. <laughs> like way tucked away. Like I, I, you know, I just want want you to know that I, I really like what you're doing. Right, right. <laughs> and I think it's important for women that did support Trump, and even if you didn't support Trump, or if you're a Republican woman, I think it's important to get in that spotlight and let other women. Who, who want to be quiet about it, let them know that it's okay to come out. Um, it's not something that you should even have to come out about. It should just be a, like a fact that you can just share with people and that's who you are and be proud of it and own it. Well, you, well I guess in one sense, I guess you could say you kind of snuck up on them because you kind of came in like around close to the end and you give a chance for, the, for them to really set their bias in before actually meeting them, which, which should be, shouldn't be the case anyway. You know, you should just actually see the person first before you already set your bias up against them just because right. of what you make you because of what you think about well, you know what the party or or the ideology or something like that so so uh, um right and as i mentioned um in my platform i have a self-defense component and honestly the whole gun education thing isn't something i mentioned in the preliminary competition because that's not something that the judges are to take too kindly to um, you know, there was a more conservative judge, and he shared that with me. Um, and during our chat, during the interview process, he, he did share some of our conservative values, but that wasn't something I could mention because that's something that could get me written off in a hurry. I mean, you know, it's sad, but that's the case in this day and age. Yeah, unfortunately. But so, um, in, in talking about President Trump now, um, I saw that you were covered by PBS during the inauguration for a piece as far as uh, having seven perspectives about the inauguration. Yeah. How, so what was their experience like? So um, that, was a, that was a good time. You know, I had um, the college Republican group at Furman, where I go to school, we sponsored the South Carolina inaugural ball. And so somebody from the ball's committee reached out to me and said that PBS was looking for some people to follow and that they thought I would be good, a good candidate. Um, so the reporter that wrote the story, she called me, we had a long talk, and then we met up when I got to D.C., and she just kind of followed me around for two days. Um, and she was really, she was really sweet, and you can tell that she wasn't exactly um, a conservative, but she was super nice, uh, from Mississippi, 
um, we connected on a lot of great levels. And she gets a story, and our, our topic was a story. You know, I, I think she definitely included some some just random comments I made that made me sound not so intelligent. But, you know, I had a major backlash from that. And I don't know if you saw the comments, but if you go look back at the story and even see where PBS's um, Facebook page posted it, there are some nasty, nasty comments. Um, calling me a blonde bimbo and things like that. She's making judgments of these people that don't even know me and calling me like a slut and a whore for them, um, judging me by the fact that I'm blonde. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, I actually... Um... When I looked on the the PBS page, I think I saw like maybe one or two comments, and I just stopped. Um, and I, know, I kind of figured where it was where this was gonna go. I know even Twitter, people were tweeting me and calling me an idiot and things like that, and it was just definitely called for. Yep, that's that's the social media for you. Well, I mean, basically, I don't I don't know how you feel about this, but. For me, when it comes to social media, I know a lot of people tend to say that social media has basically um, made people meaner or made people to, to I guess, to be more, I guess, callous toward people. But, I mean, my, in my opinion, it's basically just showing what people already had in their heart. It just made it, exactly. social media just making it easier for them to, to say it now. Right, I know, it's, it's just mean-spirited people that are probably sitting in their parents' basement trolling people on the Internet. Um, <laughs> you know, like, they're probably not paying their own taxes anyway, so they don't understand it. But, I mean, I can't imagine sitting on the Internet and calling somebody who's liberal, like, blonde bimbo, not even knowing them. It's yep. crazy. Yeah, you know, what's funny in mentioning about PBS, and because um, they interviewed me at the Republican Convention in Cleveland last year, and of all the interviews I did, on the floor that was the best interview i had and just so happens that was the one that didn't get published and was erased (laughs) and and so i can't even hear it for myself because i remember when the interview was over and i was just thinking to myself that was great i i was clear it was articulate i was on point everything it was like good a good 15 minutes of gold right there and then like two weeks later they they didn't publish it then i contacted the person who interviewed me she said they had already erased everything because it was two weeks has passed already and i'm like man i wish i could have even if it never got published i just want to hear it again i know i'm sorry to hear that yeah yeah i just i'm like i I really think back on, on that one though but but anyway this is not about me so let me ask you, um, so what's the next step for you as far as the, I guess, the international pageants go? Yeah, so, um, you know, I am going to be in North Carolina for the next year, no matter if I win this international or not. But this international will be held uh, actually in Charleston, West Virginia, out of all places, uh, in August. Huh? And so I'll be there for about a week. And we'll do appearances and do lots of fun things. And um, we'll all, all the contestants will meet with the judges and we'll have rehearsals because it's a big old show. Um, and then we'll have preliminaries on August 4th and finals on August 5th. So um, there are people from all over the world competing for this title, all over America, but then also like South Asia, Bulgaria, Germany, Canada, Mexico, like so many um, places from across the world. And so um, we're all competing for the title of Miss International. Whoever wins that will go on to be Miss International for the year and serve on an international level, um, which is really cool. And how long is it um, in Charleston? 
It's a week. So I will get there on July 31st, and then um, preliminary the preliminary competition will be held August 4th. Okay. Well, you know what? In my opinion, I just think they just automatically just give you the crown now and just, you know, forego all this competition. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, I would like that. I would like that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, why not? I, I, I'm sure all the women has done you know, great things, but I just, you know, let you go ahead and give you the crown and just so they don't have to be disappointed and put in all that time. I wish, you know, <laughs> not waste their time. Yeah. Or mine. <laughs> all right. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on and definitely be pulling for you. in. so you said in, in July, right? In August. August. Okay. Yeah. So definitely be pulling for you. Now, is it going to be te- televised? It will be live streamed, so uh, you can watch it online. Okay. All right. Well, I pray well, everything, everything goes, goes well for you and for time. time. Thank you thank so you much, Brian. Yep, and thank you for listening. And, you know, I was going to just end it right here, actually, but I just came across some news. But, um, And, again, thank you to Miss North Carolina National Anna Scott Marsh for joining us. And just came across some news about saying that a federal judge has blocked President Trump's um, executive order on sanctuary cities, which it just kind of goes to show that uh, there's a lot of judges that are just out here that are going to be constantly blocking every single thing that president trump puts forth as much as possible it seems that what it seems like at least which also kind of makes a, you know more imperative that congress pass a law as opposed to relying on executive orders because as we see these executive orders can be blocked by any judge and most of these judges are Obama appointees in the most most cases and the ones that are doing the blocking at least and that's why Congress need to make law it's kind of like what I mentioned a, a couple of months ago I guess when, when talking about executive orders that I, um, President Trump's doing all these executive orders it's great and all and I feel like it's it's good to set it a tone for where where you want the country to go and what direction you want to take it. But at the end of the day, it's up to Congress to make law to make all of this stick. So, and just coming across this news now and just seeing, seeing that is, and it's not going to stop. Um, like I said, most of these judges are very, uh, very biased. And basically this is judicial activism. And definitely with the Republican president, most of these liberal judges are going to be out here doing everything they can to block his agenda. So and once again, it just it it goes back to Congress need to make law as opposed and to just to just relying just on executive orders. So. um that was just something that I came across just now, and um, and um, well, I I didn't. I had something else as far as 
coming up, but I'm actually trying to go through it now. But, <laughs> but I know I just well, I know I just saw a funny story about <laughs> about Nordstrom selling dirty jeans, like fake like jeans, but they put the dirt on them to make them look <laughs> look, look dirty and sell them for four hundred and twenty five bucks. <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't seen much about it, but I mean, just imagine someone buying dirty jeans when you could just get, <laughs> when you could easily do that for less than 10 bucks, even that. <laughs> and, um, just, I just came across that story just now and I just thought that was just hilarious. I'm, and I'm pretty sure they sold some. I'm pretty sure there was somebody out there that, ooh, these are some nice fashionable jeans. <laughs> and they just snatched them up when all you could have done is you just, you know, took the time to just buy a regular pair of jeans. Could, um, you know, even even if you just bought the $100 jeans and just go outside to some construction site or something anywhere, somewhere, there's a mud somewhere you can find and just throw them in the mud <laughs> and and I guess let it dry so you can have that look. I mean, oh, actually, what is it to for people to want to buy dirty jeans? Like, are they trying to? They want to buy these four over four hundred dollar jeans, what to look like they worked during and in some construction site or worked in some um, dirt piles. <laughs> like, is, is that supposed to be a fashion trend? That's I guess that's. Now, like, oh, I need to look like I'm a, like I'm working in the, <laughs> working in the ditch somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like I said, I, I appreciate everyone listening. And, um, definitely looking forward. I'm, well, I know I said last week I probably won't do a Thursday show, but I'm most likely will be doing a Thursday show now. I probably be doing it from my hotel room and actually I know who will be on on Thursday we will have um, Heritage Action Regional Coordinator Joseph Wade Miller will be on with us on Thursday talking about President Trump's first 100 days and also if you don't know um, about Heritage Action he gives uh, some details as far as as far as their organization, actually, I am a Heritage Action Sentinel, and and definitely was glad to have him on. And he will be on on Thursday, and may have someone else, but I don't know yet. We're trying to track track them down, I guess, <laughs> to get them on. And so, just um, that is for, well, that is for thursday and just want to say again also if you're going to be at the nra convention you know definitely i want to meet everyone that i can um i I always like to take advantage of these particular um you know events where i can meet up with a lot of friends because you know whether it's cpac or the NRA annual meetings or conservative events in general. I'm, you know, friends with a lot of people that I normally can't don't be able to see at least, um, anywhere else. And we tend to be in the same place. It, it's kind of funny. Cause I, like I will be 
in the same area as someone else I know and I'm sharing pictures and hashtags and whatnot and it's always after the event is over I will see someone else that I'm friends with and never spoke to or haven't introduced myself personally and then I was I'll see them posting stuff I'm like oh I didn't you know they were there and I didn't get a chance to to meet up in with them and and so I just said that just so try to meet up with my friends and followers on Twitter and Instagram. So, and before I go, I actually have some updated news about the founding project. If you've been listening to this program, you probably heard me speak about the founding project many times. And normally I would mention pretty much the exact same thing to the point to where you're probably like, okay, do you have something new or something, any more news as far as the founding project? Well, you know what? I actually do have more because there are, they are going to launch their Facebook page. I think either in this week or next week. And they're putting together a video series and like I've mentioned before, they are bringing civics to citizens where they are educating citizens about the founding documents like the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So now the Facebook page is, is coming up soon and I'm just looking at looking at it now. So the video series is going to be called Civics for All Ages. And that's going to be on the Facebook page as well. So there you go. There's some more news. And as we see, there's some some more details are coming out as far as the founding project. And I'm definitely am, you know, supportive of of this group and also right now if you want to uh, find them you can just search for the founding project and uh, for the facebook group so def- uh, just want to make sure i put that out there and now just want to get well we're here at the end of the show and um once again i can't say enough how much i appreciate everyone listening And until Thursday, we will chat with you later.
Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.